0: She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Friday, which means we have a guest joining me on the podcast. Today I have someone who is no stranger to She Loves Herself. I think I've had Sarah on the podcast five times, Now, this will be our fifth time. I bring her on every season for many reasons. Number one, she is epic at what she does. Number two, her knowledge and her wisdom is phenomenal. And thirdly, she is a really dear friend of mine and someone who has supported me since the beginning of my journey. And Sarah and I catch up regularly. We are a great support to one another I guess and I think this is where having someone who is almost like an accountability partner, someone who will challenge you but with love and compassion and kindness, someone that sees you for who you are and your potential and I believe that Sarah and I do that for one another Um, and so I've got her back on again and many of you love the episodes with Sarah because our conversations are very authentic we never really plan at all what we're going to say there's no plan on what we're going to say we have a loose like let's talk about this this is feeling you know in alignment right now for people and let's just go with the flow and when I use the word flow um It's what Sarah specializes in. She is an author of Find Your Flow. She is an expert in flow. um, And what she's creating with flow in the world is wonderful and it's changing lives. And so, in this episode today, we are talking about things that are really passionate to both Sarah and I um, authenticity, alignment, and flow, and the science of your intuition. So, that part is really. You know, comes from Sarah the science of your intuition um so it's such a great episode and we talk about how you can really get into alignment and authenticity and flow um we talk a lot about practical exercises that you can use it's a great episode guys um so much value so much wisdom um and it's jam-packed so Get your notepads at the ready because you're going to have some aha light bulb moments for sure. So, without any further ado, let's go in and join Sarah and myself in this gorgeous episode. Have a great weekend, guys.
0: She loves herself with Jill Ritchie.
1: Welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast. We're on season six. And as always, I have my beautiful friend and I'll call her my beautiful friend, but she is like my go-to person for most things. She's the wonderful psychologist, author, Sarah Gregg.
0: Hi, I'm so excited to be back. Season six, yeah. how is it? Season six, it's
1: crazy. And just before we started recording, I was saying, Sarah, I get her on every season and everyone loves when Sarah comes on because we have just the most beautiful conversations and there's so much wisdom that we get from you and it flows <laughs> no pun intended you know we are she's our flow queen isn't she Sarah's the flow queen um and so we're going to talk about that today again because again before we started recording Sarah we were talking about consistency and mm-hmm. your business and how um for you particularly and me, our messages have always been the same. Like my message has always been about authenticity, about yeah. speaking the truth, about vulnerability. Yours has always been since I've known you for the past four and a half years. And um, so even longer for you, you've been talking
0: about flow. Yeah. Yes. I love the psychology of flow. And I think it's it's quite an upstarting point for this conversation, which is all around the science of intuition because like we were saying kind of before we hit record on this, when I started to talk about the psychology of flow, not very many people were either talking about it or were interested in it, but yet that kind of got instinct, that intuition told me to keep going. And whilst I watch kind of other coaches, you know, in the space, experts in the space, very quickly shift their niches or move in a different direction for me it just didn't feel right and now it's so beautiful to see so many people more interested in it and actually how the alignment of the timing works because in that time I have really cultivated my expertise and I feel ready to take the opportunities that are kind of presenting themselves as a result and I think that's often the beauty of kind of following our intuition and being in alignment and getting into flow is the timing is always perfect it, it almost works in magical ways that I can't really describe
1: yeah and I think that is super important to actually touch on because we've all heard of oh feeling flow you know people have said it but actually do they really know what it means and do they know that there's a science behind flow and how we can all get into flow because people will say oh, I was really in flow there and I just feel like I'm totally lost now um, yeah. and you've been on the podcast a number of times we've talked about a number of different things but all really leading back to flow and Talking about your intuition, this is something that I am really passionate about, but I want to call out, often we don't trust our gut when it's not working, when we feel like we are pushing a door that says pill, where we feel like we're not getting anywhere how do we keep going, Sarah? Or when should we say, actually, this isn't in flow. I'm doing the wrong thing here. This isn't in alignment. I should let this go. And when should we push past that and keep going?
0: That is such a great question. That's such a great question. (laughs) Because it's a delicate balance really, isn't it? And I think what you've touched on is really beautiful in the sense that in our everyday lives, we have these metrics that we often don't pay close enough attention to, which is flow and resistance. And when we feel in flow, we'll often talk about it, but are we really noticing who are we with? What are we doing? And then are we designing our days around more more of that so that we can elicit more of that feeling that we know from the psychology You know, we achieve more in that state in less time and we feel good about it, which basically in our everyday life, how that applies to us is we get to make our abstract dreams faster and we get to enjoy the process and the journey. But inevitably, like you've touched on, we reach these kind of sticking points where we're trying to decipher in our minds is this force and am I forcing something that doesn't want to happen or is this me kind of breaking through a barrier delayed to to a bit more flow mm. and so that really comes down to tuning and orientation and to really finding the answers for yourself and some things that can help with that are one why are you forcing it and are you attached to the outcome Because if you're forcing it because you believe on the other side of that is happiness and self-worth and the feeling of enough, and if you get that, it will fulfill a need, then you're not in flow because flow is non-attachment. Flow is really about acting and building up that momentum for the joy of the process. In flow, living becomes its own reward, We do it because we love it, because we want to see who we are at the other side of it, because we want to have that experience for no other reason than the experience itself. And often when we start to feel some of that resistance and some of that force, it's because we feel like I need that thing to complete me. And if the intention is coming from that, then you've moved out of alignment. And it's about really being clear on. Why do I want that thing? What do I believe it gives me afterwards? And if it's not the joy of the experience, if it's not who you are when you level up and like just edge out of your comfort zone gradually, then you're probably not in flow and you're probably forcing something. And in those times, it's surrender. It's that kind of dance with flow. It's the discipline to show up and take the action, but it's the surrender to know that the outcome is going to evolve in whatever way it's meant to evolve. And you've got to do that dance with the universe oh I love a little dance with the universe so I do a little (laughs) cha-cha-cha
1: a little cha-cha-cha with the universe oh Sarah, you explain that so well and I guess my question is how do we if we come out of flow
0: how easy is it to get back into it this is the beautiful thing you're never out of flow you're never out of flow so life is an ebb and a flow, and the contrast, what you're feeling is contrast. So when we have that kind of, you know, you're being carried by that momentum and everything feels like it's aligning and you're in the path of opportunity and everything is going right, like that's not sustainable at that at that level, like that's just not how life is. So it's got to readjust and rebalance. So the key to look at, again, is like getting back to that question. Like, am I really out of my flow or is this a bit of contrast? Because we have to have the resistance. We can't have flow without the resistance. And if you kind of imagine yourself as like a like a body of water, when you want to flow, inevitably at different points as that current and your energy moves through you, when that energy is clear it moves at a a faster rate you know but when it's not and there's a block of resistance we can feel like a little bit of friction but that Mm. friction is helpful because it's normally calling you to a different level the only time i really feel like you're disconnected from your flow is when you're really living life on someone else's terms When you're living life for those external rewards, when you're doing things because you want to please others, when you're reaching for those achievements because you believe others will think that you're worthy, when you're hunting down status, when you're chasing happiness, you know, you're disconnected from your flow. But sometimes when you're just feeling that contrast of it doesn't feel as good as it did before, you're still in the flow, you're just not feeling at the same level of intensity that you did before. Yeah,
1: and I guess that's really just tapping into your intuition. You touched on a few things there where you said that we're living our life on other people's terms, chasing the status and the reward and all of that. And we see so many people doing this because we are programmed to to do this, right? In so many yeah. ways. Like, well, you're not worthy if you don't have that job, or you're not as good as this person, if you don't look this way or weigh, weigh a certain weight on the scales and you all of these things I see from people as when I just and I've talked to some people recently and there's this thing around weight you know when I stand on the scale and this number dictates how I feel and I'm like oh my god like we are so many people are slaves to the I call it the sad step and the reason (laughs) the reason I'm talking about this is I said to someone who was talking to me about weight they're on the scales and I said for every like every hundred times you weigh yourself you're lucky five of those 100 times give you a number that make you feel worthy Mm -hmm. so 95 of those times you are feeling like shit and you are allowing something outside of you to dictate how you feel in your language towards yourself so we just go right out of flow would you say you're right out of flow when you're in that place then
0: you're right out of flow when you're in that place that's exactly it When you're always scanning the external for your worth, you know, it's like I use this analogy of it's like sticking food to the outside of your body, thinking it will satisfy your inner hunger. Like that's what you're doing. We know from psychology that when we do that, what actually happens is anxiety, depression and stress all increase as a result, as we kind of are in this constant chase of that feel good feeling. When really the joy and the discomfort comes from learning that it's already within you and you kind of carried it all along but we shouldn't beat ourselves up for it I mean you just have to look around put on the tv and you'll see 20 different adverts that tell you you're not worthy and you're not good enough you know um Everything in our society is conditioned around, you know, the capitalist kind of idea of like you earn your worth, you know, and you work hard and you get a reward and I'll be happy when I get the car, have the house, drop the dress size. You know, that's our mantra for happiness. And we're conditioned in that way. But just because we're conditioned in that way doesn't mean we have to live in that way. doesn't mean we can't pull down that illusion and take a different path to happiness. And that's what flow offers. It's a new pathway to happiness where we feel our best and perform our best. But most importantly, we're not looking for that external reward. We're living because it's a joy to live. Like you get to live life. You know, how many times does it take for us to have a health scare before we kind of go? oh and all of that stuff wasn't important you know but we don't have to yeah. wait for those moments we know that to be true we know in our gut when we hear when we hear people say that we go yes that rings true for me somehow on some cellular level I know that is that is truth with a capital T yeah. but yeah we're bombarded with messages that tell us differently and it's about trying to navigate that and sometimes that's not not easy
1: Oh well it it definitely isn't and and particularly you know if you're kind of you know sort of even I was going to say 30s 40s 50s um, the more hardwired these things are but actually you you said it we know in our gut we know it not to be true um but we don't believe well I my my thoughts on this are that we don't believe how freaking powerful we are we don't understand we have no concept of how powerful we are, that we can actually rewrite the story. We can change, we can decide. And I say to clients, you know, this is all on you. And I say it from a place of love. I'm like, this isn't anyone else's stuff. This is all on you. But what's really beautiful about that is you're in control of that. Like you can, if it's on you, then you get to decide. No one else is gonna take it away from you. No one else can. Like, actually, you get to say, I'm going to really start to get to know me on the deepest level, get to know the parts of me that perhaps need a little bit of TLC, maybe need some healing, maybe need some Mm -hmm. attention, and actually unpick what needs to be unpicked and really start to work on my non-attachment. Because what I'm hearing from you, and and I agree with this so much, is not working on non-attachment, because when we work on non-attachment to the external, we care less about what people think. We understand yeah. that people say things to us that it's filtered through the lens of what they're going through, that it's never really personal. It really isn't, it feels it. And that's really hard for people to, you know, understand in the beginning because I I remember a coach saying to me five years ago when I started this and I was really upset at something that, Someone had said something, right? And straight away I I took it to mean that they were talking about me. Now mm. they might have been and they maybe were, but I was so upset about it because I felt like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm starting my business, and this person has said something, and it really hurt me and to the point I was really upset. And she said to me, Why do you care? And I couldn't get that in the beginning, Sarah. I remember thinking, Oh, yeah what are you on like of course I care she's talking about me I'm a good person and I had to really work and that was the start of my journey on non-attachment and so I want to talk to you about how we can sort of start to work on non-attachment which brings us back to our own authenticity brings her back us back to our intuition and really that self-trust
0: yeah which I think that. I love that I mean I feel the same and it's let's be clear I'm not a bloody guru like I don't go through life going that didn't that didn't touch me that criticism I don't feel any of that I'm not attached to the icon like let's be real I'm not saying that is my life and I'm not like we're not talking about enlightenment here we're talking about how do you kind of like ground yourself so maybe it's a, a little bit less or maybe yeah you're a human being yeah, yeah. yeah we're still <laughs> human it's still going to affect us a little bit you know maybe we'll rise to those higher levels of consciousness and it won't but let's kind of start where we are I think one the first bit is the recognition that that it is a practice and it takes work and it's a muscle that you've got to build up Two, that. It's scary because it's unknown. You have been taught and conditioned as we all have our whole lives to believe that this is how the world works. I'm a good person. I work hard. I do the right things. I please other people. I get achievements. Everyone loves me. That is kind of how I navigate the world. We know that not to be true. I think especially when we come into like 30s, 40s, 50s. Plus, we start to kind of go, what's all this about? I've worked really hard and actually I don't really feel happy. I feel like I don't know who the F I am. I don't I know don't. what I like. I don't know what I enjoy. And I spend all my time working and doing stuff for other people. So we kind and then of know full of resentment. What, and then we're full of resentment. So we know that like those rules of happiness don't work. And mm. Those rules of happiness are an illusion, they're something that we as human beings collectively believe in and that's what makes it real. But let's face it, we believed witches were real and burned them at the stick not so long ago. We now know that not to be true. There is no reason why this kind of set of happiness that we have been told is true is actually just a big illusion. But how do you navigate it and on a practical sense? In psychology, one of like the main starting points that we know to be is getting really clear on your internal barometer of success. And what I mean by that is often we say we want happiness. In fact, we could normally say that all of our actions, whether you're working to increase your bank account, whether you're striving for a job promotion, whether you want to drop that dress size, That's just the thing that you get, but really the feeling that you want after and the reason why you do it is because you believe it will make you happier. Yet how many times do you ask yourself, what does happiness mean to me? Because it's a subjective feeling. So getting clear on. Like, what do I value? How do I want to spend my time? What what does happiness mean to me? What does success mean to me? And taking the time to write it in a journal, what that does is it gets us really clear on on our internal metrics of success so that we're not comparing ourselves to other people. We know that when we don't have this, what we do is we scan the external more because we're looking for, well, you know, Jenny down the road got a new kitchen and it made her happy. Maybe I'll get a new kitchen to do someone else wrote a book and they seem like they're doing really good. Maybe I'll write a book and we're chasing that feeling, Mm -hmm. but that's their version. That's what makes them happy. Flow is universal, but it's unique to us. And it's about tuning into what makes me happy and do I understand what that is? Because if you don't have that, what you're really doing in life is going around trying to work out if you're taller than someone else when you don't even know your own height.
1: Yeah, so true. And I love the way you explain it. It's it's so true. Like we are so focused. Like, oh, so, well, this person's doing it. We see this a lot on social media too like yeah. and especially you know and also people starting their business they think they need to do it the way that this person does it or that person because like although well, they got lots of followers and then they look really happy and then they made money doing that and then either it doesn't work or when it does work they feel like shit because it's not in true alignment with who they are it's not their version of happiness and this is why we get so lost and we say well i don't know what i want at 40 years old i don't know what i want Because we have never really stopped to get to know ourselves. We let that go. We gave that power away when we were really little to our caregivers and teachers, because we thought that they knew what was best for us more than we thought we knew what was best. So we lost that along the way. But just because I I use the word lost very loosely, it's never really lost because it always exists within you. It's almost like it sort of just got pushed down.
0: Yeah, Exactly.
1: And so, for someone who is listening to this and thinking, "Oh my God, yeah," I mean, I've done that. I've saw someone get it in a kitchen. I've went right. Let's get in the kitchen, or I felt like really bored in my life, and so I'm like, "Let's move house." I used to do yeah. that, or let's buy a car, let's book a holiday. We're chasing <laughs> to. It's like that analogy you use with the food, putting the yeah, and I was expecting it to feed a hung like feed a hunger need, but actually. Again, going back to the need. So if you are thinking right now, well, actually, I feel like I need something, but I don't know what it is, or I'm chasing something, or I'm comparing myself to someone, ask yourself, what is the unmet need here? So if you feel like there's something missing, a simple question that's really helped me is what's the unmet need here? So the unmet need is, and you will know if you can just breathe and like really close down those eyes and feel into your body and ask yourself the question what is the unmet need or write down on your journal the unmet need is and allow the pen to flow Mm. because the answer is there the answer is not out with you the answer is inside you and when you can understand what the unmet need is then you can start to do this
0: work right a 100 percent. and that is I love that and because that when we understand the unmet need we know how to meet the need and then we pull it into alignment and harmony and that's often when we talk about feeling resistance or out of our flow it's often because there is a part of us that doesn't feel safe to move forward and the more we can work with those different parts and those different needs you know the more we feel like ourselves but like you said you know it's a journey it's a journey into the unknown and it's one that I've been through. It's one that you've been through. It's one that scares the absolute crap out of you when you don't know anything that you enjoy. Like I often tell this story and apologies if you've heard it before, if you've listened to previous ones, but you know, I went to this motivational seminar whenever I was like, didn't have a clue what I wanted in life. And I really remember the girl who was leaning it say, write down three things that you do just because you enjoy and I watched this like room full of people like, you know, scribble, you know, even like some of the overachievers were writing down four. And I was going, I, I don't know. Th- I don't know three things that I want to do just for me. Like I wrote down reading, psych- a swimming and like cycling, which were the things that I put on my CV when I was like 15, like I just made it up. It was like, yeah, I'll just write down do those. Yeah, and I came away and was like, I don't, I don't know how did I not? I'm in my thirties and I don't know this, but we don't because we lose ourselves. And I think you know, look at those unmet needs, look at your behavior, look at what you're chasing, and ultimately just recognize that if you feel that call. It's not a, it is a challenge, but more than that, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to go into the next chapter, knowing yourself on a deeper level. And you've got to show yourself some compassion and you've got to ask questions, not to the outside world, but you know getting that journal out and and just having a conversation with yourself. Like you're a world within a world. Like you have an inner world that you don't talk to because you're just looking outside all the time. But that's only 50% of the equation you know the rest of it lives in you. And you've, you've got to have that conversation and have the courage to do it. But it's, I mean, it's daunting when you first do it, you know, it's like, oh, where'd I begin? Yeah. And
1: I think like you said, where do you begin? You just start
0: you just give start
1: yourself, uh, give yourself compassion but also consistency
0: yes that's
1: the same thing we stop start stop start stop start and then we're like oh god the unmet needs coming again like how can I fill that need externally And yeah. then we just go back to the oh god I'm going round in circles and we like bleed this bloody energy out and it's like seriously Sarah keeps I love how you talk about flow Sarah because really it's not complicated like the journal system for flow journaling you get so much wisdom and downloads from your inner gps from yourself Mm -hmm. that's only 50% of the equation what you're you're missing out in a whole world within a world like You nailed that there when you said that we're missing out on so much by trying to fill this void externally that will never give you what your internal world will give you because Mm -hmm. that gives you truth. And the more that you can lean into that, the trust that you build within yourself and the trust you build within your intuition to trust it rather than saying, Oh, I've got this feeling, but I don't know what to do with it. I'll just ignore it. You will, the more that you can spend in your inner world, the more time, the more trust you have yeah. within yourself. when you make those decisions, you're not as attached to what people think. You understand that you're not responsible for everyone else. You understand that you are here for a reason and that you are here to play a bigger game than you are probably p- playing right now. And it's so much
0: fun when we start to trust ourselves. Oh, that gave me real chills, like shivers. I love that. <laughs> I love that because that's what it's about you know it's about that that rising and the leveling up not because you <laughs> it's not the hustle culture you know leveling up and flow is more looking at achieving the limitless in the sense that you break through the limits of what you ever thought possible for yourself. You know, I often hear on your Instagram say like, it's you versus you. And that's what it is. It's like, can I do this? oh, I don't know. Okay, let's kind of play with that limit. Let's understand the block. Let's kind of work with it. Let's rise above it. And then you start to see things that like you never in your wildest dreams would have thought you can achieve. And that's where the joy comes in the journey. when we talk about consistency, One of the keys for consistency is really recognizing and rewarding the process. You've got to activate those dopamine and reward systems like on a daily basis, you know, and the best way to do that is through nighttime reflection is to take out that journal and write down. These are the three things that went really well today, no matter how small, even if it was like. You know, on some days it might be, I got up out of bed, you know, and I brushed my teeth and like that, I've done the laundry and that feels like an achievement, you know, and on other days it will be more than that. But activating that internal reward system by praising yourself along the journey takes away the attachment and the need for the external to do it like you become your own own reward system and that's really key if you want to be consistent that's really key you've got to reward the progress otherwise you're just in pursuit and it feels like a slog and it feels like I'm not there yet I'm not there yet this feels crap Am I going to be there I can't be bothered this isn't worth it I'm just going to go back and do what I did before that I already knew wasn't working but I felt a bit safer than what I'm doing now whereas when you kind of reward yourself you just enjoy the program you just enjoy it you're like that was good that was a bit better I can see the little small marginal gains that I'm getting and then the small steps become easier and sometimes these little things are as simple as that we we look for big things like you know downloads or you know like some kind of like grand aha moment but for most of us it comes when we just pay attention to life like what did today tell me about myself <laughs> like how yeah. can I get interested in life and we're in and and
1: the consistency right yeah because that's it and I think we can look back and what we achieve in a year and you're like holy shit actually i I don't react the way I used to react. I don't feel that way about that thing anymore. And I'm so much more expanded. But if we don't pick up and reward ourselves, and it's not even just like external rewards, it is the self-praise. It's the for the self rather than having to rely on it from anyone else. Because that's where resentment comes in. When we're expecting other people to meet that need for us, the need needs to be met by yourself because then you're non-attached. And actually when it comes in, you receive it much more
0: definitely definitely because nothing ever feels like enough does it like when you no, do that know. thing and you're looking for the external reward and someone goes oh that was great and you're like that was great that's all I got from that like it doesn't oh, no. no one can ever kind of say say enough but when you reward yourself like you say and you meet those needs yourself through that reward process like it doesn't matter as much about what other people say or do and I think That's what enables us to live that bold, courageous life on our terms. And I think, again, most of us know that to be true, that that's what we want. Like, we want to be bold. We want to, you know, dive into the arena and like, just like, see what's possible. Like, we all feel that call and that pull, like, to do that thing. And and to do that, you can't be attached. Mm -hmm. You can't be attached
1: yeah. And say, as you say, Sarah, when you're talking about that pill, we all feel that pill. I believe we all do at some point feel that pill, but we don't, we don't, we hear the call, but we don't act on the call yeah. um, because of fear. And actually it never, that, that feeling and emotion of fear will always be there. I still get scared with stuff. Like I yeah. still doing something, I'm at the toilet before that. I'm like, oh God, but I feel like in those moments, the mind jumps in and says, oh, just sack off. Like, you don't even need this. Like, you don't, no one even cares. But then there's this intuition part where I yeah. close down and my gut is like, you do need to do this because it's not, it's the people that you can help in the space. Mm. And it's also the growth that you have from pushing past that fear. Because the gut and the fear the gut intuition and the fear you know what's really fear and what's your gut they feel the same like yeah. for me I feel the belly goes I get really you know my heart races a little bit more I get a little bit oh god oh all of those things feel really similar and the best way for me to describe what's your gut and what's fear is when I ask myself will I grow from pushing past that mm. is there growth here and if the answer is yes then I know I have to do it well, I don't have to, but I know I'm like, no, yeah, I kind of do have to do it versus I'm just doing this because it's really like silly and actually I could die, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful live example of how flow works because you have a personally compelling goal or a grand why, you know, like that thing that's moving you forward. And when you're in alignment with that, it's much easier to choose growth over safety. It's much easier to choose that growth because you can feel that alignment. You know that, okay, if I get up on that stage, if I do the thing that scares me, you know, if I can get myself out of this toilet, that feels like alignment. It feels like I'm being true to who I know myself to be. But if I go in the opposite direction, it feels like I'm just retreating into safety. And I think where we've got a bit lost somewhere kind of in the conversation is, We don't talk enough about how discomfort is part of the process. We think things have to be easy. And we think, oh, look at that person, they just got up on stage, or it's okay for her, she was just able to do that. And we kind of blur the bit that comes before, which is discomfort is part of the process. In fact, if you're living in flow and you're stretching through small incremental steps, what you believe are capable of, then discomfort is a sign that you're doing it right. And by discomfort, I don't mean high levels of anxiety where, you know, you feel crippled by it. I mean, that discomfort where you think, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this, but something inside me is telling me that I'm ready right now. Mm-hmm. If you feel that you're in the right place, like we need to give up the story that it should be easy. And part of that is rewriting the script around flow, like flow does make it easy or but will you feel discomfort as part of it? Like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's a good feeling because that means you're pushing beyond something that you thought was possible.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, goosebumps. I think you're so on, so on point there because I know whenever, and I know when I'm in flow, it's great and things come with these. Like when I was in Italy, mm-hmm. there was things dropping in, but actually I also know the flip side of, working through some stuff and feeling horrendous like feeling like oh but again yeah. it's like knowing and trusting my intuition to say Jill you don't know why but you just need to do this because mm-hmm. I think sometimes that intuition and flow isn't always logical we can not yeah. articulate it And for me, sometimes when I'm in that space, if I can't fully articulate why I'm doing what I'm doing, it's just a feeling. Then I also know that that is my intuition. Yes. I don't know why I'm doing this. It could be the biggest disaster or mistake, but there's something that won't leave me and I need to just keep working on this. But Mm -hmm. understanding that there, you know, there may be when you get in flow and again we say this like when you get in flow and when you're taking these actions and when we become non-attached it can often take us down a path that we didn't expect it can all also um pull us away from current realities as we know it and that can feel scary but returning to your intuition and those daily practices those flow Mm -hmm. practices that allows us to trust ourselves to trust our intuition over time we just don't know why but we just know you know yeah it's that
0: beauty of the unknown sometimes totally Uh, uh, yeah I couldn't agree more and I think as long as you know you don't need to explain yourself to anybody else like you don't like it's not as long as you know there's I mean we even know from some of the science that You know, our gut is our second brain. We know that it's connected. We know that there, you know, there's knowledge and wisdom in there. So like, if you feel that you've got to follow it, you know, it doesn't matter what the external world's saying. Like I quit my job, sold my stuff, went off with a backpack and no clue what I was doing in 2017. No part of that made sense. Like no part of it made sense. And everyone around me was going like, what, what are you doing? We're worried about you. And I couldn't explain it. I was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but all I know is that it feels right. And I'm kind of done, like trying to control the external and not listening to this kind of part of me. That's like, you need to go and you need to explore. And in that five years, you know, I've become a published author, written two books, lived in um, Bali, Malaysia, Thailand, Copenhagen, currently in Taiwan. And life is better than I could have ever have planned it I, I couldn't have planned that better and that just comes from like following your flow and doing what feels right for you and just seeing where it takes you and following those breadcrumbs and it's hard to do but you know what's harder not listening to it and living a life that you don't like and just oh, you know yeah. feeling trapped <laughs> it's, oh, that's, 10x that's harder.
1: everyone listening to this will have felt that at a point like yeah I should be happy because I've got all this but there's something missing the thing that's missing is you tuning into you that's what's missing you're not trusting yourself enough you're not listening to yourself enough and no one knows what's best for you more than you you may think they do and there's a lot of people that have the best intentions for you and your life but they do not know what is best for you so it's time to just let go of the external and really tune into what you deeply desire. Take it one day at a time. Don't overthink this. I think sometimes the big the big thing is, oh, but then what does this mean? And what does that mean? And then we're jumping like six months, 12 months. And then this person will feel it. Like we start getting in our heads. And when we're in our heads, we're dead. The dream is dead mm-hmm. because we have just like killed it off. We're like, talked your way out of it. We've told yourself we're gonna die and everyone else around us is gonna meet <laughs> us if we do this thing pause we talked about this recently we don't need to do it all in one go just take one step at a time but have fun have fun getting to know yourself on Mm -hmm. that deeper level and getting to know why you're bloody here because you're here for a reason
0: oh I love that I could not agree more I could not agree more
1: oh Sarah to wrap up this has just been beautiful as always give me your like top three things for someone who is feeling like shit, there's more. I don't know how, I don't know what, what's your top three things that they can start with?
0: Number one, write down what happiness means to you, like an understand what, what is a good life? Like, what does that involve? And just make a list. Number two, follow the breadcrumbs off flow. So like each day just notice when you feel in flow and by flow will mean like you know when do you lose yourself in a conversation like when do you really enjoy something at work? when do you kind of when does time speed up or slow down? when do you feel in alignment and just note them down. It could be one thing a day it could be you might not have any in a day some days you might have three but when you find your flow because it's unique to you, you find yourself in the process so like listen to your flow. And then number three is gratitude, like start your day each day with a deep appreciation for what you have. Because even though it feels like the world is crumbling and things are falling apart and you don't know who you are and you kind of know you're closing one chapter and you're going into the next one, I guarantee there will still be things that you're deeply appreciative of. And when we start our day with gratitude, we are purposely and intentionally weaving that golden thread of happiness into every single day of the journey. And when you're on that journey to find yourself, you need to remind yourself that like happiness is here. It's already here and, I'm, and I can find more of it.
1: Mm. Oh, wow. So powerful, so much wisdom, so many insights. I'd love this. Sarah, thank you so much once again for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I love our chats. Love you too.